0: Hey USL show listeners, Kyle here with a very important announcement. After a few fits and starts, the original crew of Brendan, Chad, Josh, and myself are officially stepping back from the pot altogether to pursue some different things. While doing the show, we knew that it wasn't perfect and we learned a lot, but we also knew that we had a good idea, and for the sake of the listeners, we didn't want it to go away just because we four guys happened to change course. So today you're going to hear from some new hosts, and I'm sure you're already familiar with at least a couple of them. These guys are good, and we wouldn't leave the show with anyone who wasn't. But in the spirit of the ever-growing league we love, and the diversity of views needed to do it justice, they're going to bring in guests and guest hosts as often as possible. There are lots of great fans and journos covering the USL these days, and if you know of anyone who ought to join the show in some capacity, get in touch. The original crew may drop in too from time to time. I hope that's okay. One last thing, in order to ensure quality production value going forward, regardless of who's behind the mic, we're placing the pod in the capable hands of our friends at the Beautiful Game Network. Their dedication to lower-division American footy is fantastic in its scope, and we're proud to partner with them at last. More on that in the future, but for now, enjoy this latest iteration of my favorite podcast. I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. On with the show.
1: From the Beautiful Game Network, this is
2: the USL Show. Um, It's us, the USL Show. And if you're wondering, you don't sound like Josh Beeman, you're right. I don't. I have a much better. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's Bethlehem's favorite son. Uh, Evan I'm here fire, uh, with with the other Evan out in the West Coast. We're gonna call him Pony, so no one gets confused. Oh yay! Uh, oh yay, indeed. <laughs> also here with the the eastern side of the USL Stats Department, Ryan Allen. Hello. And the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area. Phil hey, Everybody. Oh. Guys, it's a soccer podcast. <laughs> oh man! All right, welcome to the USL Show 2.0. Um, it is us. We are here, and it's going to be a, a merry uh, band of our friends. Sometimes this is actually—I'm really excited. We're going to kind of do rotating casty things, and, and we don't actually know how any of us going to work out yet, so we can't really tell you what to expect. We haven't even figured out a date to upload yet. So uh, there you go. When you're hearing this, just—I guess—we'll figure it's every week from then. I don't know I don't know guys uh it's the end of the season well it's after the end of the season um another Swope Park Rangers
3: Western Conference, Western conference
2: Championship <laughs> uh and here we are um I guess I'll open it up to whoever wants to start talking about whatever they want to start talking about and then we'll just go from there
3: the USL title stays in the Eastern Conference for a third consecutive season, with the number one seed winning it for a third consecutive year. And Swope Park makes their second consecutive Eastern Conference final.
4: Some stats right off the bat from the Stat Robot. It's wow. good stuff. Also, following that up, Louisville lost in the Eastern Finals two years ago, winning the championship. Swope Park, it's probably your season next year after losing twice in the finals. Third <laughs> so time's a
3: charm for Louisville. It's
1: true. It's true. Maybe for Swope. Slo- so. And four it seat. would be three different coaches if Swope were to win, you know that, that third one. Incredible. The amazing thing Coach, to
4: Swope
3: Park Rangers. Yeah.
4: The most, <laughs> in, the most amazing thing about Swope is they did as a number four seed both seasons. And they yeah. never actually, they never played a, a road game in the Western Conference. They hosted every the fourth seed.
1: Four that's incredible. That doesn't hurt, does it?
4: Yeah, that helps a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Even though they tried to take it from them, right? What happened there? Did anyone figure that out?
4: Yeah, that was so bizarre. We... It was just a confusion of, I don't know, what even went down. It sounds like they, their their original stadium couldn't be played at, so USL said, okay, cool, Sacramento has it. Then Swope came in with an alternative? I'm... No, Swope came in and said, wait, did were you going to ask us first? Yeah, I mean, they said that publicly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no yeah. one's talked about this. Did some, some USL intern misread something, I'm sure. <laughs> that was interesting.
1: But uh, maybe, Evan, should we start with the the coaching carousel? It seems like a, an easy transition there.
2: Yeah, since we were already talking about how many coaches Swap Park uses. <laughs> um, uses, like they just rotate them out. Um yeah i guess we'll start there um i guess we'll talk about who's been moved where or who's been linked where already and i think phil you're kind of the guy to talk to about that given that your spot is vacant um so so go for it
1: yeah vacant no more uh because no more it's true. right so we got anthony pulis not tony anthony don't call him tony um, Don't think, find pictures of his dad in post No that. kidding. That so, yeah, we'll start with that. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch, which is a very reputable paper in the United States, um, definitely a strong one here in St. Louis, if not the, the strongest, of course. Um Posted a picture of Tony Poulos, um, as yeah. even though they said Anthony Pulis was the new coach in St. Louis, so that was interesting. Everyone called him out on it and they they just left it. So no changes there. Yeah, <laughs> it's just funny. Wow.
2: Art imitates life.
5: <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, he was. We called in. They called in Anthony Poulos. That's one of the names that I actually never heard. Um, I'm not always as connected as as others, but. Um, the other two rumored to be um, coming in were Mark Dos Santos, of course, and Jimmy Nielsen, uh, freshly off leaving Oklahoma City Energy. And uh, I can confirm for sure, and I think they, we went public with this, that the, both of them were interviewed for the job. Um, and I can definitely say that Anthony Poulos was the one they chose. He was their first choice. Um, it was a bit of a surprise when you saw those other two who are kind of bigger bigger names, had been around a little bit longer. Um, very successful, whereas Anthony has only made the playoffs one out of two years. He's been a coach, um. So you know, all that combined, talking to Anthony, he was um. I you ca- you kind of get a feeling why they chose him. He seems to be very intelligent, very personable. Um, hopefully all of the he you can tell he's a very competitive person. Um, hearing a lot of comparisons to James O'Connor at, at Louisville City, so. If that's something that happens, if that's something that's kind of true, um, that's a good thing. Um, so don't just look at, um, you know, the peripheral information. Look at look at hopefully what comes from Anthony in the near future here, or maybe the far future, because he's got a long way to go,
5: right?
2: You would think, right? You, I mean, I guess you would hope. Yeah. Um, for a guy his age, I don't know off the top of my head how old he is, but I'd say mid-30s. One um, year younger.
1: 33? <laughs>
2: Oh well, it could have been you. Could me? That, that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, next time. Um, yeah, no, I I think I agree though with the other two guys mentioned, Mark Dos Santos, especially the one sticking out as probably the number one name in all of coaching free agency right now, um, and Jimmy Nielsen having a pretty um good track record, especially in that that area of yours, um, the former SKC goalkeeper, obviously, but um. No, I I like Anthony Poulos. Uh, Granted, I've only talked to him twice, uh, but, you know, a a pleasant guy. Um, Well-dressed, like you said, Phil, Um, which doesn't mean anything (laughs) for anything, but it helps. Um, And, uh, and, you know, what he has over those other two guys and what might have tipped the needle a little bit was knowledge of the USL Eastern Conference.
1: Yeah, and uh, some things that the GM talked about was how prepared he came into the interview – he said, you know, he he's a guy that works on details. He studies up other teams. And so he had studied up uh, St. Louis for when Orlando City B, where he came from, in case you didn't know that. Um <laughs> He had studied up St. Louis enough that he came into the interview knowing as much about our team as, as you know, almost as, as much as the, the guys interviewing him. And so he came in and said, these are the guys I would love to keep, and this is how I would set them up if that was our team. And then he was just that much more prepared than everyone who came in. His passion, his, his um, view of the future and what he wants to do, not just for the team, but for himself. He has high goals, he has every license you could ever ask for, uh, including a pro referee license. So, um, you know, he he wants to go somewhere, and St. Louis is a good club to kind of start that journey. Um, and definitely, if you're the first one to make a club successful, that looks even even better, doesn't it?
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Phil, how do you feel with um, Anthony Poolis moving from a system of an MLS two team where they would mainly focus more for a development setup to an independent club? I mean. If affiliation or not with Chicago. Oh. I'll i t-
1: I'll tell you what the first thing I'm that people are, you know, saying about that is gosh, we hope the results are different because of that. Because, you know, like I said, one year in the playoffs, the other year two points out of the playoffs. We're hoping that he comes in and, and if he has full control over the same twenty something guys a full season. Um, if he has access to our academy system, which Orlando has one as well, uh, but St. Louis's has been long storied and is you know a lot of a lot of talent to be had there. Um, so, and then him calling the shots every week in, week out, he knows you know the same basic lineup he wants to use, and no last minute adjustments to that. You mentioned how frustrating that could be as a B side coach. So, um, you know, let's hope as fans the best thing about him coming in is that maybe the results will be totally different because it's it is an independent team. And so, like I said, he's he's motivated. He wants to get his, his on his hands on an independent team and see what he can do with it for sure.
4: Right, and St. Louis seems to have a lot of the parts that would actually need to be a successful team right now. I could see them doing a lot like what uh, the Real Monarchs did last year and going from a team that's borderline playoffs to being a legitimate contender in just one season if all the parts are there and the coach shows up.
1: Yeah, and if the coach shows up and is successful, Lord Lord help us, we thought we had that last year. And, and who saw Precky mm-hmm. uh, failing as miserably as he did? Not that it's all his fault per se, we could talk about that all day, but... Um, like I said, uh, Pulis has a long way to go, but he could be the right guy in the right place at the right time, um, which could be the difference between him and Precky.
2: Pony is a resident West Coast um, well, native, I suppose, but as a guy that's probably seen a little more of Jimmy Nielsen's teams than mm-hmm. we have. Um, is there a part of you that maybe would be interested in seeing what Jimmy Nielsen would have done with St. Louis, or do you think he lands somewhere else in the league where what's, What's kind
5: of his next step after uh,
4: OKC? I'm, I'm almost surprised there is a step after OKC because the second half of the season was great for OKC. They went from being a team that looked like they might not make the playoffs to making the making a great run, great run. After most people had him written off as a first round out, he managed to bring that team together, and I think whoever picks him up, there's very few teams that, that would be a down step for. I think most teams should be interested in seeing if they could pick up a Jim Jimmy Jim in this off season.
2: Hmm. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, just because I don't know, you know, if the money's right, maybe there's an MLS team that wants to bring him on as a goalkeeper coach, or, you know, maybe he's not interested in that. And that's why he's not there. Cause you see guys all the time. Um, Connor Casey being an example where he retires and immediately just becomes a, you know, a coach um, taking over the, the forward job at Columbus, I think. So yeah, um, excuse me
5: austin <laughs> <laughs> it's still
3: cold on this so <laughs> um
4: yeah. we
1: have to say with jimmy too that you know there's of course the rumors of him going to because of his connection to sporting and you know and so i you know who knows if those um those rumors are random guys saying hey there's an easy obvious connection here or if there's actually
4: smoke <laughs> and there's fire <laughs> yeah. you know Hmm. Right. Well, if if the team still exists come next season, I think it could actually be an interesting fit for Rochester, because he seems to be better defensive coach than offensive coach. And if Rochester loses Lilly, replacing him with another good defensive coach might be the only real hope for that team has to move forward.
2: Yeah, I guess that's the uh, that's the other one to talk about. The Pittsburgh Riverhounds pretty much simultaneously announcing the uh, the uh, release, I guess, of of, uh, of Coach Dave Brant and the the signing of Rochester Rhinos at the time, uh, head coach Bob Lilly. Um, Phil, I know you and I have waxed poetic previously <laughs> about the style of play that the Riverhounds had. Um, looks like we are wrong now because this team is going to score one goal a game and they are going to play really, really ugly soccer and I think the Mongols guys don't really know what they're getting into. <laughs> And are not going to be happy watching this team for the next at least year
3: <laughs> because um, I don't like how Bob Lilly's teams play. It means playoffs if every season. Obvious. I That's know, a
1: man.
4: Defensive player.
1: But you know, I mean, very good point there, uh, Pony. Not Evan. I almost called you Evan already. Um, gonna He's get forever. gonna get used to that okay. pony. It'll pick up. Uh, but what if what if we just take you know in his interview he tried to defend himself with Mongols. <clears throat> definitely go listen to that because there's a lot of, of good information there um but you know in his interview he mentioned how he doesn't tr- go out there trying to defend the whole game he has he, he says he has aces up his sleeves when he, when he puts together an attacking team and has different styles but i just you know i just start thinking about if they can bring those top 4 or 5 attacking guys which are insanely good talents obviously in in the attack and he can solidify the back a little more. Wouldn't that be a really cool team to watch, especially just this following year if they could put the two together?
4: Yes, especially because USL is all about defense. I mm-hmm. think still, since we're in modern USL, the absolute worst team to ever defensively to ever win the championship was I want to say twenty twelve Charleston, which averaged just over a goal a game allowed. You can't allow goals in this league and actually win. You need to play good defense.
3: Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you look at the top four teams and goals conceded this season, and it was San Antonio at, conceded the fewest goals at 26. Then you go to Rochester at 30, Real Monarchs at 32, and Louisville at 32. All of those teams ended up making the playoffs this year on just how few goals they conceded.
1: And watching that Western Conference final, you know, it was two very defensive teams hammering away at each other. Neither team... Had, like, a series of, of great attacks. It was just kind of every once in a while someone would kind of pull up this really nice play and have a shot on goal. Um, it was mostly good, solid defending in that game, which is why it was 0-0 at the end. And it was, uh, you know, what, 11 shots? Yeah. You know, okay. kind of you but, yeah. be goalie. Um, You know, kind of a boring game if that's what you don't like. But I was still enjoying myself. I got to go to that one. and It was a lot of fun. It was cool and crazy.
2: Yeah. The only thing that I'm concerned about is the way that Pittsburgh right now is set up is that those are a lot of Brant's guys or that's, well, it's basically Brant's team. Um, and I think a lot of the attacking talent he inherited, um, Bob Lilly is not known for having a lot of attacking players or, or using them well. I guess is the, the blunt way to put it. Um, and we saw that kind of bite them a little bit with with you know moving out Christian Veleski to a certain team that plays out in Missouri. Um, and, and you know like like Wall falls consistently their best offensive player. He's a defender now, right? <laughs> which which is which is okay we've seen that a little bit with forrest lasso who i'm assuming we'll talk about a bit um you know in charleston where he's a a center back that just scores goals for whatever reason um but now you know it's it's herzog is is as a time recording still there kerr's still there parks is still there um banjo's still there so it's one of those things where okay if they don't want to use all those guys which i'm assuming they won't what can they get in return Um, And I guess what are some, you know, is it, do they need a a fullback? Is there a midfield guy they want? You know, what's, Hmm. what's the next step for Pittsburgh as far as, Organizing and 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 you know using that excess of forward talent that they have, like, because I don't I don't think there's a
3: way they keep those guys, right? I mean, I would say that they need to hold on to Corey Herzog with what they have. I mean, he led the Eastern Conference in shots this year with 98, and the only other Pittsburgh player that was in the top 15 was Romeo Parks at 11th. And I feel like, I mean, if there was an if there was a USL fantasy league, Corey Herzog would easily be one of those forwards that you would want to have on your side just for those number of shots if they want to do stuff to bolster the back line maybe go and raid rochester who had Conardo forbes and wolfhole as we mentioned earlier as decent players you could help shore up either the back line or help out in forward attacking strength
1: yeah you can definitely see Corey herzog doing well for a team you know under lily you, you know just the kind of guy that can pull goals uh, from nowhere so that's I think that's a good shout. What do you, any that's interesting. Anything else you guys can think of?
4: I mean the thing is Liz gonna to need to teach her song not to score for the eightieth minute. Because that's part of Lily, ball, lily <laughs> ball right there is You can't score until the final final minutes of the game.
2: Right, right, yeah. Yeah, 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 Get that 85th minute goal. Now the the big question I know that's on everyone's mind out in Pittsburgh, uh, as a resident of a of a town that's about six hours from there. Um now, do we think Bob Lilly is pro picking up children as a post-goal celebration?
1: <laughs> oh, took me. A, I thought you were going down a dark road for a second. No, <laughs> oh, no, no. Here? I'm,
2: I'm, uh, I'm staying above ground. Uh, but, but do we think that that Corey Herzog's ability? Because it's not that we don't know he can't pick up children. We've all seen it happen. As in- Corey Herzog. This is this is context all day. Corey Herzog is so good at picking up, <laughs>
5: Lifting um,
1: them off the ground is what he's saying. Lifting <laughs> them <laughs>
2: off the ground. I'm saying not a. Uh, we're not. It's not in Alabama. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, no problem. Will Bob Lilly allow him? Oh wait, okay, no. Corey Herzog scores and attempts to pick up Bob Lilly would be would be the, <laughs> like the apex of what I need out of the.
4: US there might be two people know we're even talking about right now apart from us. <laughs> I mean, they're so <laughs> yeah, far Yeah,
2: is editing
1: his pretty podcast, deep so that's a deep dive exactly. <laughs> it's this is the deepest of get content. used to it
2: if you don't know I'll, i guess i'll uh, i guess i'll fill everybody in now uh after Corey herzog scored his first goal of the season this year was it against Rochester? it was after, at
5: home right,
4: was, well, that's all i know regardless uh
2: cory herzog scored a, a goal at home and then proceeded to um just pick up a child who we didn't know he coached until after the game um and and then just kind of flung them around in celebration um and so now i'm wondering if that's going to be kosher for for 2018 did, he get did
5: you get
3: fined had... for that that match was no. the march 25th opener against uh defend, then defending champions new york red bulls two that finished three three scored in the ninth minute that was the
2: baby there we mark. go that's right that was when everyone's like oh the hounds are good this year or, oh red
3: mm-hmm. well, that was true for the first half of the season
4: it was exactly yeah
1: uh, what a
5: time! What a time! So nice.
3: The, <laughs> even then, wow. after saying the Red Bulls weren't as good as they were last year, it was still a repeat of last year's Eastern Conference Final. It's true. We had three out of the four teams from last year's Conference Final still made it this season. Uh,
4: and <laughs> in the rest of the same football. season, still the number six seed at the number four seed. This
1: is this is yeah. secretly why the Central Conference is coming because they're tired of repeats. They just want <laughs> something new.
4: Does not have Red Someone again, please
1: thanks. give us Final Destination 5. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Where the wow. Red Bulls play as full well, park rangers and everyone falls asleep.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yep. Well, anyone who wow. might possibly be there will fall asleep.
3: All 10 of them. 300 people who uh, are at the 2016 final. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. I would say goodbye to the football fans, but I don't think any of them are going to listen either way. Yeah, exactly. We're safe. safe.
3: Well, uh, who are they really? You we know? uh, like are just taking shots like Roy
2: Herzog
1: did this I don't know.
5: Uh,
2: yeah, what's our what's our shots per night? Um, re- it's really good.
1: killing it right now. Well, <laughs> right. oh, what we My, need is conversion rate. We're really no. diving here. We do. My
2: conversion rate is one hundred percent. I keep it keep one hundred here. Guys, we, we talked a little about the about the, the coaching carousel. Um, I I guess speaking of, of oh hey they're not as good as we thought they were. Um, now that we have the benefit of hindsight after after the 2017 season, um, I suppose we'll go down the line. I don't know who wants to, uh, Pony. I'm gonna make okay. you start because you don't and uh, and you brought it up. So a team that underperformed, team that, that that
4: exceeded expectations. Okay, I I think the biggest underperformer this year, the team that thought was actually going to be good and wasn't. Probably a say not West goes with L.A., who for the first few years, they were always a good team. They always had a lot of talent. And even this year, it looked like they are going to do the same thing, where they show up in the playoffs, be somewhere in the fourth seed, and are a legitimate threat to make a run, and they just walked off a cliff. I, I don't even know what happened half the time. You look at the team, and they look like they could, and they lack energy, they lack passion, and they got punished for it again and again on the field. I think they got beat. Was it nine nothing in Reno, or was it nine to one? Did they get a goal back on that one?
2: I think they. Yeah. Got one.
4: Okay. See, he wasn't. was all bad, but.
2: Yeah, so it's fine. Their,
4: the pressure, their defense just was gone. It was like watching a shell of a team that had been around for a long time. I think we all, almost everyone, thought they, they didn't would get a, get a goal back off. in
3: Reno.
4: Uh, okay. Gonna... Yeah. Well. Sorry, sorry LA fans. <laughs> At least it wasn't ten. Hopefully.
5: Yeah,
4: that's true. But for a team that really surprised me this year there's again sticking out west there's a few but i think you have to say the monarchs who won the west after years of habitual underperforming their team has always looked decent not necessarily like a team who would win the west but a team who was going to be at least in the playoff hunt but this year something finally changed and they had more wins this year than they had in the previous two years combined so that by far is team that got was the most improved for me this year so we were going to grab next. I guess I can make Ryan go next because. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to. Or I was trying to pull up the
3: beat you had from earlier. Oh yeah, yeah. The draft we did. Oh that yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Was, we're all trying to buy the most of us. <laughs> <laughs> but it would so yeah, horrible, horrible, we, uh, horrible yeah. picks. It would definitely be Los Doses the most under or the team that underperformed their expectations. And I picked them in the second round ahead of so many teams. And I just want to say I was wrong about Los Doses. I said <laughs> that they had so much depth and everything i was wrong about the team i mean luckily i still won because i had louisville to oh yeah because choose <laughs> me through the top that.
4: before i could even get a pick <laughs> yeah.
3: and so if i had to choose a team that i think overperformed or, or did very well this year i would have to side with in the western conference with san antonio fc i mean in our player draft this year evan you had you picked them in the fourth round right after monarchs and in between the kickers and they just A team they went on a, until the end of the season, an unbeaten run at home, finished second in the Eastern Conference, and had Diego Restrepo as the goalkeeper of the year. A team that I just think overperformed their expectations. I had them pick as a playoff side coming into the season. I just didn't pick them to be so high up in the league.
2: phil phil would you like to go or do you want me to you want to put you can put i have my i have my
3: <laughs> yeah you go real
1: quick because i'm pulling up the standings because i want to make sure my team is correct okay, right on.
2: <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna hate me for this when you see them uh underperforming team richmond kickers yep. uh how so well well just because based off of of not a mm, yeah this is like a, a legacy underperform, right? And like every year you're like, yeah, they're really hard to beat at home. And like, they usually always kind of sneak into the playoffs and, um, you know, 2017 for one reason or the other, they lost Hugh Roberts to Bethlehem. Um, they didn't really bring in any guys that were exciting or you thought, wow, you know, they could really shore up a back line because they're one of those defensive, you know, shell teams. Um, and then for them to finish 15th or 14th uh, rather in the East is, uh, is not great, especially with a goal differential of 12. Um, just you know, one of those teams were at the beginning of the year. I, I I thought you know maybe they'd do a little better. Not I didn't expect them to win the conference or anything, but um, I I just think, you know, uh, end of the day, 14th for Richmond, I would at least put them above Harrisburg. You know, who who finished in, in 11th. Um, in terms of team that surprised me, I don't want to be a homer. Um,
1: I think you should Rochester you should being, be a homer. I yeah. should
2: I? Because I agree
5: with you. I, I justify really... it. <laughs> I
2: saw a lot of poor soccer played in Bethlehem in 2016 with a team that didn't really have an identity. Um, apart from, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's James Chambers and Mickey Daly and Bolowak and, and Yoda and Ryan Richter for a little bit, but we're going to sell those guys and then, you know, it's just going to be James Chambers and a bunch of kids. Um, to in 2017, a team that let's see here swept New York Red Bull, um, Cincinnati. You know, once first for yeah, whatever reason made a playoff appearance. Um, Seiko Kone put up ten goals. Corey Burke put up nine goals. You had um, the emergence of Matt Real as a really good left back, which from a you know player development standpoint is like everything. Um, yeah, so so I didn't know what to think of Bethlehem at the beginning of the year this year and the fact that we we made a playoff spot um and really you know if we had a better night against Louisville um like the the game we played a couple weeks you know before that playoff matchup against them you never know um but but definitely um I I always hate talking about steel because it's all I do um you know as far as over over accomplishing I think you look at MLS two teams and you go eh you know they're not gonna make too much noise, but um, to be a competitive team and one that, that other coaches don't take lightly, that's always a, a plus
1: for And sure. to add on to that, they're playing kids. You kind of mentioned it with Real, but, I mean, playing a lot
2: yeah, of we, kids. Yeah, uh, we tied the, the Riverhounds with a bunch of 16-year-olds. Um,
3: Beat FC Cincinnati, who is now spending yeah. so much that they <laughs> want to Manchester City their way into the league title.
4: Yeah. Yep. Well done. Well said. We're going to talk about them already. <laughs>
2: I don't really want to It's a good way to lose viewers
4: if I'm going to start talking about them
2: (laughs) Well I was almost Going to say they're my underperforming team of the season uh, Just because of what Ended up happening But Uh, But big picture I guess I can't I
4: mean you can't I I, I can't see you saying they were really underperformed Actually they had finished right where I thought they were going to be this year Because they Uh, never answered their defensive questions Which again destroyed them in the end
2: I don't know. I just thought we were all gearing up for a Cincinnati Tampa Bay Slugfest in the Eastern Conference final.
4: It but... sounds like a Slugfest that seems like a 1 0 game. <laughs>
3: well, you know, I, ah, Damn it. That's their quarterfinal gonna... matchup mm. between Tampa Bay and Cincinnati ended up with Tampa's, I think, 3 1 pitch. Or it, was, uh, it wasn't It was close. Tampa had three. It wasn't close. Yeah. Yeah. No.
4: Cincinnati just got destroyed in that one. They, they can't get a good D 15 yeah. to save their lives.
2: So, uh, so Phil, who who are your picks for for under and over? So I'm gonna I'm actually
1: pick two Western teams and Pony might have to uh, correct it. me here and and again um, or not again. I wanted to say thank goodness you're here because I don't know a lot about the West. I'm, I'm really glad to have you to to set us straight. Um,
2: the ringer, but I will helped.
1: say that you know St. Louis is in the West last year and I always every time we faced Colorado switchbacks, they were a really solid teams. Obviously, they, they defended well and. Um, they used their home advantage for sure, um, being up at high ele- elevation. Um, and so every time I looked at the the score go- scoreboard and everything, like the standings, this Colorado was losing constantly. And they ended up ninth in the conference. But um, I just thought they underperformed because they have a solid coach. They're usually a good team. And uh, usually they do better. I don't know, uh, Pony, do you want to say real quick, like maybe what
4: happened there? Do you know? I'd agree with that. I think they went through some position changes over the last few years, where a couple of their bigger guys left. I want to say their keeper moved away, who was always a who was a decent one, but they just didn't look the same. I think Luke Vercalone, who has been a big player for the last few years, has started his veteran age status to start to catch up with them a little bit, maybe because I think I think I had it in my 2015 league or 16 league MVP pick, and which didn't, of course, get. I went to someone else. But this year, he was much less of a factor. And for someone who was as talented as he was in the past years, losing someone that big was too much for their Colorado to handle. They're still okay, but they are they need to rebuild their defense a little bit. Right now they have, I think, Josh Suggs. I think Phillips is the one on that team. There's two Josh defenders in the West, and I always get those two confused. But he dropped off a little bit. He's a very good attacking wing-type defender, the one who had, I think, he led the league in assists in 20. Fifteen or sixteen is one of the top ones there. One defender of the year. They need to provide him some support in the middle, and maybe they'll get back the on track there. I think they're still going always going to be a good team, especially with that high elevation home field advantage they have going for them.
1: That's all good to know because obviously St. Louis might get stuck there again <laughs> for the what is it, the fourth season in a row changing uh, uh, conferences. I I don't see it not happening, but we'll talk about that another time. My final pick though. For the overachiever, this is a bit uneducated again here, Pony, but Reno, I just didn't see them doing as well as they did, you know? Yeah. And so just as a guy that doesn't know the team that well, I just didn't pay much attention to them. I was like, well, okay, they're just going to go sign Dane Kelly and do their best to punt the ball to him and let him
4: do his thing. And, uh, man, they were a great attacking team. Those, the <laughs> yeah. they Between Dane Kelly, uh, Antoine Hopano, and Chris Weehan, they had a potent attack. Their defense was also at least above average. It wasn't the best in the league, but it was also one you couldn't really take lightly. And again, like Colera Springs, they have an elevation advantage. And you could sometimes see that. But the other team just starts running out of gas, 20 minutes left, and Reno suddenly takes control of the game. It'll be interesting to see what they do next for next year, because if you remember last year, RGB was the same type of team, the same setup as Reno. And they were one of the top teams in the West. And Lost early in the playoffs like Reno did and the next year, they become irrelevant. I mean, I think you could argue RGB is another one of the biggest disappointments of the entire league. I thought yeah. they just returned to a top four spot in the West. I got I that. Mean, I, I get that feeling with Reno for sure. Yeah, I, I think that was that. I think this year was Reno's ceiling. I'd like mm-hmm. to see them prove that it's not.
3: I mean, I guess it depends a lot on where they have or what Kelly ends up next season and where we had end up going. I mean, I know San Jose after getting into the MLS playoffs with a you negative know, goal difference, We'll definitely want to try and boost their attack. But Dan Kelly, I've always thought, is at least good enough to get to MLS after going from Charleston to School Park, now over to Reno. I mean, there's definitely ways for him to climb up the ladder.
2: Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, you look at a guy like uh, Deshaun Brown did it.
3: Yep. Tampa um, to DC. And he didn't
2: put together... Yeah, um and he didn't put together nearly the kind of year that that Kelly did. So, um we'll see. There's there's a couple other guys floating around. Um I guess we'll talk about it now. Speaking of shoring up things, FC Cincinnati went and signed the entire um state of Rhode Island
5: to their team.
4: Yeah, they're throwing money at. Them. Um, they're throwing, they're trying to be the Yankees, just throwing money at anyone who will listen to them and hoping for a good team. I love it.
5: Yankees, Manchester City,
2: PSG, um, <laughs> Patriots. Any, any like you're trying to buy the league thing. That you want to throw is, is fair. Um,
3: Manchester City,
2: which is a Manchester City fan, like it doesn't matter when you're winning because you're winning. <laughs> um, so that's the that's kind of the solace that my Bought friends have. Bought gonna take, not Bought not built. Sure.
5: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. They're going to build their way into MLS. Um,
4: yeah, I still need I mean, to see the results on the field. I mean, right now I could buy them up to the number three seed in the East. I still don't think they're all the way up there, but I think they're getting better at this point. Yeah. So the Dol- right seven, four they're still, still yeah, behind Louisville. There's a
3: Dillbridge as well. Mm-hmm, yeah. Or, no, Dillbridge is, is moving on, right? on. But Dillbridge heading back to
4: Australia. With a Spencer Richie signing, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the last we saw of Hildebrand either. Because Richie seems like a pretty high-level backup. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
2: I, mm. That and I think Austin Berry is gone as yeah, well. Yeah, I think
4: the entire back line is getting blown yep. up in the offseason, which is yep. overdue.
2: <laughs> Except Lloyd, I think. I think he might – I think he, they're – well, I'm, I think they might be stuck with him.
4: <laughs> okay, two-year contract. There we go. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was gonna say I think they might keep him around, but I don't think that's a valid um, indicator as to how they feel about him. Uh, although that being said, I did watch him like snap his leg in half five minutes into the game, so I don't know. not not snap it. It wasn't Kevin Ware. but he, you know he pulled up and he wasn't able to continue. So, um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I again, so so here we go. What was the what was the problem for Cincinnati early on in the season this year? or last year, I guess now, was that it took a little bit for those guys to get acclimated and for that team to kind of find a groove. When they hit it, it was awesome, but they sold out for the Open Cup, didn't get the seed they wanted, and, and, you know, got bounced in the playoffs. Coach change? Coach change, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, some of the guys that that, that uh, the coach did bring in <laughs> are, they two guys, Yeah. Uh, or one of them is. Um, and, and so we'll have to see how that works. Um, obviously, it's just kind of a facts of life thing with soccer. Is that there's, you know, a lot of coaches will bring in one or two guys, that right. they Like um, from their previous team or whatever. They come in. Um, so I guess you know the big name guys. How do we feel about Forrest Lasso coming in to FC <laughs> Cincinnati?
5: Um,
2: and then you know, <laughs> does this solve their? Pr- and it's this is too early, but does this solve their problem? Are we any more optimistic about this team now than we were before? Or they sign nine people I, i'm not really sure what
5: the what the takeaway here is
2: i
1: i wanted to talk about lasso because i'm in love with the fact that he's getting a star treatment in this usl league right don't you feel like yeah. the world is watching and talking about Forrest lasso i've heard so many like audio clips of him talking a, him loving certain it's things
5: it's a good name
3: i love game. it I, he had six scores with the battery this season, most of them coming from headers off of free kicks. Yep. And, they did. Did,
4: uh, yeah.
3: and they did. In fact, four of them coming off of headers from free kicks four corners. Yeah,
1: yeah and they, they tapered off at the end of the season, honestly. And then I also heard complaints about uh, defense at Charleston after. They tapered off on top of that so I, I was curious you know it's interesting to watch them buy players and we can have that debate over is is buying players really a good strategy because different sports have proven that true or false in different ways in different times um salary can, cap. yeah right is there you know what there is no salary cap in usl though right so we're, we're safe there Um, But, you know, the other thing I wanted to say is that, you know, it's interesting to have Alan Koch is going to have his own team, his own style of play a whole season this year, unless something weird happens. I don't see it happening because, you know, I think he's the right guy for them um, in a lot of different ways. And their ownership isn't reactive. I think something definitely happened with Harks that made them have like forced their hand last year. I have no idea what it is. And I don't know if I ever will know, but I do feel like something weird happened there. So Alan Koch, a whole season, we're going to get, you know, maybe more, uh, a different style of play um, with Vancouver. And I don't know, do you think GB Fall Falls coming back? What do you guys think they'll look like this year?
4: It's going to be hard to tell. I think they basically have to go up, go up from last season because they're, trying to, they're actually trying to fix things. From the first season they played, the second season, they ignored the fact that they had no support for their keeper. And they got... Punished for it badly this season. I think I, know I was talking with Ryan before the last season even started. I said that Cincinnati was more likely to not even make the playoffs and to win the East because of how much they just ignore the fact that they wouldn't refuse to provide defense. This season they're doing that. And as long as they keep something along the same lines they have for their offensive c- capabilities, I could see him being in that three, four, five seed conversation again. I don't see enough to put him above. Louisville and Tampa, who I think are still a clear one and two out east. Mm-hmm. But they could start getting in that conversation, I think.
1: Completely agree. And I think, you know, I think they're going to they're gonna get there. I think sending the money hopefully will help them get there faster uh, rather than hurt them in that way.
3: Winning a home playoff match would definitely be an improvement than getting bounced in the first round. Unless it's against Charleston. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're trying to them.
1: <laughs> but what if what if Open Cup is is better for the city? Do you, I mean? Do you think no. that losing the playoffs is really that big a deal to them after what they did? Yeah, you guys are pretty down on it. And I really don't Bill. think they care.
2: Bill. <laughs> Phil, we did this last year. What do they have this year? What do they have now? What happened? We're done. The season's over. What do they have? What do they win? Uh, it
1: doesn't matter. They had a couple memorable games that were crazy. They had a couple memorable games. that didn't give him any trophies. When Since the day he got
2: to the club, Jeff birding has been going, we're going to win a title for this town. You haven't done it yet. That's
1: true. Now,
2: so I, Here's I, my I think, argument.
1: Sure. He shouldn't have said that. <laughs> he should have just like seen what he could do because the Open
3: Cup was amazing. It was amazing. Of guarantees as a coach. That's true. Boston,
2: uh, here I will. Boston Wolf, uh, Superling, and and um, and Brian, I love you guys. Your city is not known for being subtle.
3: Um, <laughs> not anymore.
1: Not in soccer.
2: About their soccer. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I actually kind of like it. Um, if I'm honest, and I think in a way, um, or in a couple ways, it's deserved. Um, that being said, and here's where this is actually what I think is going to be the biggest problem for Cincinnati. Um, they're in the middle of a little bit of a, of a expansion talk. They're in the, the heat uh, with a, with a um, meeting coming up actually tomorrow, which is Monday, um, the 27th afternoon, or at 11, I think, about where their stadium's going to be. Mm-hmm. I think if this team can keep all their off-the-field distractions at a minimum, they'll be great. If everyone gets caught up on the will-they-won't-they-go-to-MLS, will-they-won't-they-win-the-Open Cup, will-they-won't-they-play-in-a-different county, can say. Uh, different state, we can have some problems.
4: What I want to see for next year's East, just for the pure drama, something like sure. Cincinnati wins the regular season East title, then loses to someone like St. Louis in the playoffs early on, and Louisville repeats his champs. Just to watch the pure chaos, I wouldn't see when that follows up because both those clubs would just basically assume that they are the best ever for what they did, and the Twitter drama would be hilarious. Yep. There's your perfect 2018 season right there. <laughs> Pony's
2: perfect 2018. All the man wants for Christmas. Um,
3: You're available to repeat in the conference <laughs> final. Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, please no. Um, guys, uh, I, I don't know if, if – well, I'm sure we all saw it, but – usl did, uh, did eventually name all of their uh, their their team of the years and their player of the year and their coach of the year and the rookie of the year everything like that um so that being said let us go down the list um first of all i suppose just since it'll be the easiest one for all of us to kind of figure out off the top of our heads i would imagine um who was the usl player of the year now in case someone goes well evan do you mean the player that was most important to their team or the best overall player? Give me both if it's different.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and also That's other questions. questions. That's the easy one.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who wants to kick things off, or no one does, I guess.
4: I kicked things off last time. Someone else gets stuff into the
2: minefield
3: first this time.
2: <laughs> Ryan, I haven't seen you lead <laughs> off with a terrible <laughs> opinion yet,
5: so I guess we'll punt to you.
3: If I had to pick a player who is most important to their team, I would say it would almost hands down would be Romario Williams to the Charleston Battery. He compared his play to when he was with the roster during the start of the year and towards the end of the season to when he left to go play for Jamaica in the Gold Cup this season. They were night and day style teams. And Charleston built so much of their offense around it that a lot of other players, such as T.V. O'Cordova, Justin Portillo, had to shore up that fact in the attack that it just almost fell apart. Or they went from being almost a shoe in at the start of the year to being an Eastern Conference regular season champ to breaking down to second, even dropping as far as fourth at times in the ELO rankings and in the standings at some point. So I would have to say it would be Romario Williams in that point. And if I had to say probably best overall player, I would have to side with um, another Carolina a player of Enzo Martinez, aside from his two red cards of the season, he really went on a tear Won the Eastern Conference Golden Boot, obviously second place to Dan Kelly in the conference, and the overall league title. But it's very hard to argue against the body of work that Enzo Martinez did for the independents, and I feel like he would get a lot more recognition if Charlotte didn't implode with five losses to end the season. Or regular season, I mean.
2: Also, want go. also fun fact if you go into the usl awards page it is uh, still the 2016 awards so sean hugo Coley <laughs> has repeated as usl mvp playing for fc Cincinnati. i have found
3: the page that it took me about 10 minutes but i have found the page that lists all their award <laughs> categories and finalists thank you reddit yeah
2: yeah yeah i'm, I'm there as well uh no i, I was going to agree with you actually i'll just i'll name mine um Romario Williams, Um, I know, you know, and in my head I went, well, you know, Dane Kelly, just because I I don't think you can ignore a body of work that's that's that complete and that good. Um, But at the same time, for all the reasons you mentioned, during the Gold Cup, I know three people that know a little bit about USL said at one point that the battery would be, quote-unquote, fine without Romario Williams. They were, in fact, not fine without Romario Williams. (laughs) Um, They were anything but... Um, he is electric, for better or for worse. I would be stunned if he's not playing in MLS. right sir. Yep. Yep, Ken Wine. <laughs> Getting out of there. My man from, from Trinidad and Tobago um, opens the door for Mario Williams to play uh, with, you know, Miguel almirón leaving. Um, no, but, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, USL MVP for sure, just in terms of, you know, both uh, both body of work as far as individual output as well as what
4: he meant to the team, um, it's it's Romario Williams. Pony, you go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you have to give it to Williams for most valuable to a team. I think Charleston won two games or all season when he didn't start. Right. I maybe two or three was is incredibly small compared to how many they actually played in that run. The amount of importance <laughs> he has to the team is just. It, it showed. As soon as he left, it showed that he truly is the heart and soul of what made Charleston a team. And if he's not there next year, I am very scared of what's going to happen with Charleston. I think yeah, along those yeah, same lines, too. the other one you have to put in the same conversation to me is Chris Wehan. Wehan? I don't know how I'm pronouncing it. It's going to be wrong, whatever I go with. But out, Chris of,
2: let us know.
4: out of Reno, he <laughs> put up what you could almost argue as MVP candidate numbers as a rookie. And to support yes. to support Dan Kelly, I think it's not as much Kelly improved. It's just the pieces around him got that much better, and he was able to capitalize off that. But for overall MVP, I think the biggest person who got snubbed, Diego Restrepo, San Antonio keeper. Yeah, yeah I, I had when the list came out of the five, Jordan were got narrowed down. I was stunned. He was nowhere on that list because yeah. he was just amazing. Also, I think Kafa from Tulsa. Again, was a pretty clear snub. I think he was second in the league first for chances. High up there in assists, great set-piece taker. They were all really left out of the mix come layoffs. I was not happy with the three choices given. They would not have been my top three picks.
3: I always think it's difficult to try and compare uh, field players with keepers, especially for MVP award positions like that. When you, like the metric you measure field players in are goals and stuff like that, when keepers... Is more in saves, clearances, and metrics around that match. Sure,
1: it's tough too because I can say out of St. Louis that um, David Lagorik was the second team All USL keeper last year with the Switchbacks, who obviously had a good a good defense. And man came to St. Louis and he was granted he was on an island. The guy had to make a million saves, but he wasn't able to do them. And he was outperformed by a Rochester goalkeeper, um, a backup Rochester goalkeeper, uh, pretty handily. And so it is hard to tell if they're legitimately good as a goalkeeper. So that argument's legit, but I, I still agree with you, Pony. You should have been in the top three, top five there for sure.
2: phil who who was is that a is that an endorsement of, of diego
5: restrepo yeah yeah
1: definitely endorsement and then enzo martinez i i loved watching him play and i agree with uh, ryan and in, in that shout out as well and i don't disagree with anybody it's all good it's this is it is so hard for me to talk about any of these guys being the best of anything it's it's just man sure. it's hard for me to even name one person so um but if i had to name one guy that was my favorite that was a, a difference maker it would be enzo martinez
2: yeah, um, moving on, I, th- I think our Rookie of the Year, I, you know, again, credit to um, Rich Ballard and Santee Moore, who finished level on, on, on percentage. Um, but Chris Weehan was, was
5: yeah. You
4: know, head
5: this, and shoulders This, is,
4: this is the most clear cut of uh, word out there, I think. Anything else, we could actually make an yeah, argument yeah, yeah. of someone else, but if you just look at Weehan's stats blind, I think he's probably top 10 MVP race in the entire league.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and, and again, you know, not that, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about Rich Ballard's, you know, background, um, but Santee Moore, you know, is, is kind of crazy. Um, fourth round super draft pick for the union, went to Pfeffer University, which is a D3 school, played for the Charlotte Eagles, which is a. Um, uh, a PDL team who just won the PDL team. championship season. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so he went from you know PDL and then then came up to well you know college was in the draft, got picked by by Steele, um, and you know credit again to, to Brendan Burke and the coaching staff out out this way um, to turn a, a second round pick and Chris Nanko and a fourth round pick in Santi Moore and Santy Moore into the two of the the deadlier wingers in the in the Eastern Conference especially down the stretch, those guys really turned it on and, and helped out that team, uh, you know, secure a playoff spot. Um, so, yeah, n- n- no argument for me there because we had um, just ridiculous season. Um, I, I Nothing against the guy, but there, there's no way a sophomore slump doesn't happen. Yeah, I
4: don't well, think. You, you can't get much better than what he did this year. <laughs> we, I'd right. like to see what he could do if uh, Kelly leaves. Hmm. Yeah, the that'd offense
5: be interesting run, too. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if, truly, if I could pick one player from Reno to build a team around, I probably would pick Wehan over Kelly at this point. I think Definitely. Weehan Weehan future. Kelly can. Even if it's just one year, I think I still take Wehan. I agree. Uh,
2: goalie of the year, I, I you know, again, uh, I didn't even
1: think Mitch Felderbrandt had that great.
2: Yeah, that was,
4: uh, I think, an open. That was a. Uh, that was a. Open Cup uh, pick.
3: Yeah, a little bit. A little bit of a, of a name pick there, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, Earl um, Edwards Jr. was easily the Eastern Conference keeper of the season. Yep. And then I feel like he, yep. he doesn't get enough credit because of just the team he played on. But Angelo Cavalluzzo of Toronto FC2 had a fantastic yeah. season. I mean, granted, it was coming from the worst team in the Eastern Conference. But I just remember that one match he had against Louisville City that was a no-no draw where he made, I believe, 11 saves. And that one fixture on the road, and it's really hard to ignore that. I mean, that was Tim Howard in round of 16, yeah you know, match against Belgium levels of play. Yeah,
2: Cal Merming, another guy that I would give the uh, the good keeper on a bad team award of, of or whatever Ottawa I don't Fury, know what I call that now, but yeah, yeah, the Ottawa
1: so Fury. So uh, that's another thing is like if you're a keeper. And I wondered this after going through half a season in St. Louis and seeing how exposed those guys were were left. um, If you were a keeper, would you go somewhere that has like a crappy defense so you can show off and look good? You know, like say, um, (laughs) who's the guy that just went to Denmark from D.C.? Bill Hamid, you know, like Bill Hamid may not be such a high profile guy if he wasn't shot on like crazy. You know what I mean? but or would you go somewhere where the defense is so short up it makes you look better you know like do do coaches and gms and technical directors do they look at that and take it into advisory it's it's really hard to pick goalkeepers in that way
2: all goalkeepers are certifiably insane (laughs) that's
1: what i hear (laughs) um
2: not only after you know like talking to them as in, in an interview setting or even just as people but as far as you know these guys granted they're getting paid but it's not enough money um as far as i'm concerned to put my body on the line um to have some dudes with with you know tree trunks for legs shoot a very hard soccer ball at them for you know 90 minutes uh and then yell at people and kick a ball really far only to have it come back to
5: them and <laughs> what is a very <laughs> which is a new
4: word, um, type wow there's there's your effort for the week
5: that's awesome mm-hmm.
2: That being said, uh, those guys like doing work. They like being busy. Um, so I think it's a little bit of both. I think hers uh, can be both active and happy. There's not, there's not a – they're not mutually exclusive. It's not I'm working really hard, so my team sucks. And it's not, you know, I'm bored back here, so we're amazing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, so definitely – Credit to to those guys because I think a lot of the stuff that goes notice, the coach always bring up his service too. Um, and you know Edwards and, and Restrepo were, were two of the best guys in the league at getting balls out to players and, and advancing the ball upfield. So
5: yeah,
4: another like so, one that surprised me not being list was the Rochester keeper who actually won the Golden Glove, who is not on the short list. Gomez, Thomas Gomez. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, was yeah, trying to remember off yeah, yeah. yeah. the top of my head, but yeah, I saw. Well, he didn't show up. On something like that. Why it's. You can't leave not the club with off the keeper of the year ballot. I mean, that's almost, that's yeah. almost a must. Ranjit Singh as uh, well, another guy. Uh, there's a lot of a good guys who did not make the list. Cooper, Serta. See, I could have easily yeah. seen any of those guys pop up on the list, but we got Mitch says no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he said yes a lot more this year, though. He was a lot more said maybe. about
4: his <laughs> <goal> <laughs> game <at Michigan>.
3: Possibly. <laughs> uh,
4: Hey man, 105 saves. I mean, he it's not like he didn't deserve any defense, did defense, did not give him any help, but I this is very true. But still, I think him be number three was a bit of a reach. I could see more like somewhere in that 5, five 10 range.
1: So, let this be a lesson to listeners where if your team, yeah. if your uh, fan base rather, can grow as big as Cincinnati's, then maybe your players will get a bit of a, bo- of a, of a bounce. Why not? It's got to yeah. be something.
4: They didn't manage to to ruin like goal of the week voting for everybody.
5: Yeah,
2: (laughs) (laughs) no, 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 no. The uh, the San Antonio bot or whatever. (laughs) Is that not to be okay? Okay. (laughs) Um. Anyway, uh, this was one that before we went to air, uh, we were were chatting on the uh, on the Twitters uh, amongst ourselves before we let all of you guys know that there was a thing that was happening, which you still don't know about, which is great. Can't wait. (laughs) Uh, the, uh, the 2017 Coach of the Year. Yeah. Mark Briggs, James O'Connor, Ian Russell, your final three. Uh, we've had some spirited debate about Mark Briggs.
3: Former um, Wilmington Hammerhead manager.
2: And that's why Ryan voted for him.
4: Uh, I didn't get a vote in the postseason awards. Uh, maybe next year. We are for now talking maybe. heads. One it of us did. Heads.
2: Yeah. Right? One of us did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Was that,
1: that was Evan? Good there's two heaven there. don't answer mm, hey yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah no it was, it was
1: me. uh I, I James mm. as you should have and let's talk about why you ready <laughs> here we um, go um that dude look limited budget sure of him that
2: everybody nope stop it everybody go go to the page where it's all the finalists look at the photo of this man gq cover is is locked down for the next issue what a what an image what an image Hold on. mark briggs is yelling at somebody ian russell is clapping or or shooting finger guns towards the camera james o'connor is full blue steel and i am here for it and that's why i voted for him not, not i no not really uh Limited budget. I, I think his his his, his, uh, his reputation around the league is, is speaks for itself as it's just a, an upstanding guy and a great coach. His players clearly love playing for him and he gets results.
1: Uh, I you know
3: all of his field players, players scored a goal this season.
1: Yeah, that was the That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> They also had a limited budget. They operate on a losing, you know, they're operating on a deficit until they get a new stadium, which it looks like they're going to get. Thank goodness. Um, Also, that's scary. uh, If they can have money and O'Connor at the same time, but (laughs) but, 20 players on that roster for the most part, all season. And some of them got slightly injured to his detriment. Maybe none of them got badly injured throughout the season. So, um, so at least he was one of the few teams coaches that didn't have to deal with as many injuries as, as a lot of other teams, but 20 players on the roster for the entire season. And he's able to pull out what he did on a limited budget. Um, obviously his track record speaks for itself. I I just, I'm a big fan of him and I thought he should have gotten it, but Pony has some things to say about it. Uh, yeah.
4: I definitely had Briggs out in Salt Lake. multiple versions, first reason, West Coast, best coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: As,
2: How many titles have you guys
4: three won? Ten last ten
3: three Eastern ten Conference runner-ups, one times league runner-ups. As long as it's not Sport Park, we're okay. Well, what rhymes with? i don't that. Know,
4: the NLS two team. are okay. But to me, why he takes it is just expectations. Louisville won the season, and if anyone really thought Louisville would be outside the top two or three in the East, you're lying to yourself. They, on paper, were going to be one of the best teams out there. Anything basically short of an Eastern Conference championship, was a disappointment for this team. While if you look in the West Coast, you had Real Monarchs who had a lot of pieces for the first few years, but had always been a massive disappointment. Everyone had always said, oh, they might sneak in the playoffs and they could cause some noise, but they never, ever did, until this season, where I think Briggs was the X-Factor who was able to take a bunch of pieces who were good and make them work well together, put on an unbelievable winning streak at the start of the season. I think one of the longest ones, longest few in league history. And he won the West Coast championship, and they ended up getting balanced in penalty kick. To me, it's just a matter of expectations where Louisville was supposed to do what he did. They were supposed to be one of the best teams. All credit to him, they did. And I think you could easily say Connor is top three coach of the year candidate, hands down. But to take a team who had been bad despite having all the pieces for the last two years, and winning it at all, not only that, exceeding their total wins from the first two seasons combined in their third year, that to make its coach of the year.
5: Yeah,
2: uh, and the other kind of um, feather in Mark Briggs' cap is technically that's not his team. For all intents and purposes, it's his team, but, you know, the head coach, the first game of the season, when they played uh, the, the Portland Timbers 2, I believe it was, was Mike right. Petke. Who four days later ended up, you know, uh, becoming the head coach of, uh, of Real Salt Lake and asking an intern to hand papers out, and, um, uh, which was
5: great, phenomenal. Uh,
2: but it, but it, uh, it wasn't, you know, by and large, Mark Briggs' team, and he, uh, you know, took it and and did what he did with it. So, so credit to him for sure. And I think all those guys deserve it. You know, you look at Reno; they signed one guy basically. <laughs> And they like the they like the West
3: player. so um, yeah, Ryan. Man, Ryan. I'm gonna have to side with Mark Brooks on this one for the same reasons Evan listed, but it, yeah, it's not really his team. Right, West Evan West. <laughs> I West, West, one. Evan
2: West we Evan were both. West. They're doing these. And I were family. both pointing at each other underneath Ryan, uh, trying to figure out which one he was talking about.
3: Evan West, but the fact that their <laughs> winning streak was at nine games. And starting on April 22nd, which was after Briggs had already had the team for a few weeks, and that's a USL record of nine straight wins, one that basically had 5 2 over switchbacks and defeated it 2 1 over full Park Rangers, eventual Western Conference champions in that stretch. I just feel like from the body of work that Briggs put together there, obviously it was bolstered by Chandler Hoffman on their attack, I, the award basically should go to him. And as it did,
4: and I think one person that got really undermentioned in all this is the Phoenix coach Patrice Carteron. I'm gonna pronounce this wrong, so I'm gonna really try. The Phoenix coach, the one who came in, I think about a third of the way through the season. Drogba. Uh, <laughs>
2: yes, Didier Drogba, the the, yeah. the Phoenix Rising but, coach. I mean, it was
4: one of those where the Phoenix looked like it was going to turn into what Arizona United had done for the last few seasons and just been irrelevant. Oh. And then over the last oh. final stretch, once he stepped in. They became good. They didn't become like a, they became a team. I think a lot of people picked right. would actually I, beat Sport Park in parking first round.
2: They became mad decent.
4: See, I was hoping they'd be like the eighth season so I could call them mad decent a lot, but they actually became <laughs> decent decent. So. Right,
2: right, 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 right. They were just uh, P decent. Um, <laughs> listen, you know what? Uh, Phoenix Rising gets my award that I just made up right now for the most on-brand team.
1: Yeah, nailed it. Um,
2: I, you know just i can't think of a team that stuck their brain more. also they have a pop-up stadium which is badass so so good on them um random shout out given to you yeah.
4: really. well deserved. talking about you too much well
2: yeah well whatever you know yeah we'll, we'll get there we'll we'll hit everybody we'll hit, we'll hit everybody um guys i guess we'll we'll finish things up um that being said i love to end on just very let's see how bad we can make ourselves look in, in a couple months um <laughs> ideas so uh, i want everyone to give me a storyline to look out for preferably not involving fc cincinnati but if, you, if you'd like you can hmm. um pony uh you know what's what's a big storyline that everyone should look out for in 2018 in the uh, in the united soccer league I
5: i'm gonna don't, don't all speak think it. at once i know
1: we're all thinking desperately <laughs> got an idea i'm gonna go past yeah, i'm gonna film. go I'm, I'm going to break the rules here. I, I apologize, Evan. 20, let's say 2025. Uh, this is what I think USL is no, going to do. No, <laughs> you ready I, for this? I, Phil,
5: no.
2: In the year
1: 2000. No. Uh, what? Uh,
2: what? Is this a musical? No. We're going to become a musical? Uh,
1: I, guess I used to watch US. a lot of Conan, and I forgot I'm 34, and I should not make uh, right, references. Right, right, anyway, right. in 2025, for sure i hope we're talking sure. about usl division one soccer as in tier one Ooh, soccer. so it's what i should All talk right. more about as
2: far as i
5: sincerely as... thought you were gonna say in
2: 2025 i hope we're talking about eastern conference champion after becoming western conference champion in 2024 <laughs> st louis fc
3: because <laughs> y'all would
2: just keep switching back didn't they history. abandon the central
3: um, conference this... already
2: yeah they did um <laughs> The, uh, the Austin Aztecs won at the last year. It was great. It was great. You should have been there. Um. Anyway, uh, it, I guess I will. Uh, I'll I'll return us to some normalcy, which is not usually what I do, but that's fine. I'll start. Um. I'm very interested as to see what happens with Atlanta United's Whatever they're doing. Is it just going to be a two? I don't want
4: it. Georgia Peaches. Atlanta United.
2: The Georgia Peaches. I can't wait for Atlanta's uh, USL team, the Atlanta Chiefs, (laughs) because you might as well resurrect an old brand.
3: Silverbacks.
2: Um, And I can't wait for them to beat Manchester City. And And they'll
4: blow a 20-3 lead in the championship game. (laughs) Hey!
2: (laughs) Oh, great. Yeah, no, but it'll be interesting. I'm really excited to see what the expansion teams do this year. Um, So so that's going to be my, you know, thing to watch especially in
4: the the months before we start the season. Okay. Well, I'm going to go out east, actually, for this. We're dealing with kind of a reverse of the old guard. I think with all the problems that Rochester's having right now, and and I think Charleston's, they've lost too many people and are going to continue to lose people with Lasso gone, and I doubt Williams is coming back. So I'm going to say we see Charleston and uh, Rochester both miss the playoffs this year and the resurgence of Pittsburgh and Richmond. I think both those teams could actually show back up and are going to see the old guard. They'll throw, throw Harrisburg, Penn, whatever they want to call themselves in there too.
1: Good.
4: They'll make it they'll be to get the ace and get blown out by illegal first round.
1: And Chris Durkin will actually play this year because there's no World Cup to worry about. So, Under-17, under-17 World Cup.
3: There you go. Or a real World Cup. Uh,
2: Ryan,
3: we've uh, we've installed enough for you. I guess uh, I'm gonna go back through the expansion process of the three main independents coming into the league: Nashville, Las Vegas, and Fresno. I'll be bold and say Las Vegas will be the new Kings in Nevada and the best expansion Ooh. side that'll be in the league next year. Wow. so we're all going to Las Vegas at least one point this year. if We have an excuse now. Yeah. yeah. I guess yeah. Las Vegas doesn't need to play road matches. Just every team in the league should do a round robin, eventually taking trips to Las Vegas as an excuse for <laughs> supporter groups to travel out there. Uh,
1: it's true,
2: Jake. Jake Edwards, because I know you're listening. Uh, listen, um, I know uh, we you and I are, are really good friends. We have really good rapport. Um, Lies. All, all of these, all of these really, really quickly thrown together, um, you know, backstory kind of things. Um, At one night in the play it was great. It was great. I would love nothing more than for you to put every team in the league on a roulette table and just spin. And however many games we're playing next year, that's how many times you go. And and whoever lands on whatever date, that's that's who lost next one. <laughs> I
1: like it. I like the gambling.
2: Here, Cincinnati
5: six times, whatever,
1: whatever, <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Remember, remember when Ryan said that we should have an Atlanta City, Atlantic City team too, or my you know, yes. Rebels two rebrands as Atlantic City. That would that would be good too. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I also need Nashville FC to to just have their sponsor be hot, so they could be Nashville. Hot. There you go, hot chicken.
5: Hey. Hey. Hot chicken. Right. And I
1: hear, I've been hearing really, really good things about that organization, and also... Oh, I
5: thought you were going to say about that chicken. I was like, yes,
1: it's delicious. <laughs> I don't have to hear about it. I've had it. it it's hey, amazing. Love, it's good. It's
4: very... It's, it's West Coast chain or East Coast chain.
1: Yeah. Right, not even um, East Coast. I've
4: never had it. Just to step wow. Just a salad. Not, not, not here, Coach.
1: But no, I hear their under- player under- acquisition, they're going to be a really solid team next year to worry about. So if that's another story to look out for, is I think um, Nashville's going to be really good next year as an expansion. Mm. Right. Who is the last expansion team
4: not to actually make playoffs? Uh, St. Louis, for sure. Oh. <laughs> well, the, first, the first season, I think how many teams actually haven't done it, especially ones that aren't MLS 2 teams.
3: Told. Yeah. So.
2: Oh, I was going to say Bethlehem didn't make playoffs first year. So. Yeah.
3: I mean, last no, year. No, wait. No, Tulsa did make the playoffs in their first year.
4: Did no, they they or did it by one.
3: No, they—they they made. I remember made you and I talking about that. They year. barely okay. got in, and Seattle probably would have taken it.
2: It'd be a lot easier to look all this up if the didn't dump their stats
3: every year until last year. Wouldn't yeah, just, just fun? trust. I'm saving up the databases right now.
4: The, best friend Jake Edwards. That's really trust Wikipedia. you see the game or, or, <laughs> yeah. Four to one.
2: Yeah. Uh. Well, because I don't know how it started, I don't know how it's going to end. I'm very good at these. Uh, so for uh, for the other Evan Pony, uh, for the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, Philgrams, and for the USL Stats Department, Ryan Allen. This has been Evan Valella. Thank you for listening to episode one of the USL Show Two
5: Yeah, we're back.
2: Oh, be back. And um, probably not better than ever. Was, at least an, in, listen, the voices are at least more sultry. Ooh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next week is going to be our NPR edition where we.
5: Yes. Talk <laughs>
2: Until then, uh, take care, everybody, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you all soon.